my name is Bill Crockett, and welcome to the Biblical Counseling Series entitled, Let's Talk Marriage, a biblical look at marriage and what it involves before we do it. God bless you as you study together. Well, it's hard to believe that we have already been through 11 sessions in the Let's Talk Marriage series, and now we come to the final session, session 12, entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? We have just spent the last 11 sessions talking about why are you here? What can you expect out of marriage? Where did you come from, and what does marriage look like to you? What is a husband? What is a wife? What comes with children? What is the marriage bid? Why are we broke? And what does God say about managing our finances? What's wrong with them? And how do we deal with conflict? How do we fix this mess? What are the steps that we take biblically to overcome conflict in our relationship? And so now, after talking about all of those things, we come to the very last session, which is the point of decision. This session is all about Where do you go from here? Now that you've learned all these things, you have to make a decision. First of all, if you're listening to this series and you're not married, you're going through it as a premarital counseling series, the decision you have to make is, does God want us to be married? Is it God's will for the two of us to become husband and wife for the rest of our life? Our lesson today is going to help lead you through some steps that will guide you through making the proper decision concerning that. The second thing, if you're listening to this series and you're already married, maybe you're going through some difficulty or you just wanted to listen to it as a refresher uh, to help enhance your marriage, you too still have a decision to make. Has God spoken to your heart through these 11 lessons about some decisions you need to make in your own personal marriage now? Maybe some things that you've been uh, struggling with. Maybe some rough spots you've been going through. And through this series, God has spoken to your heart about some changes that need to be made. Well, now is the moment of decision. You've got to decide, is it truly God's will for us to make these changes in order to enhance our marriage? And so today, we're going to begin in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And we're going to talk about where do we go from here? How do we determine God's will for our marriage, for our future, as to whether or not we're supposed to be married? How do we know what God's will is? Because at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want God's will for our life. So let's begin in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, where the Bible says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul begins this chapter by telling the believers at Rome that you ought to, in light of God's love and sacrifice for you in the person of Jesus Christ, because you are a believer and your sins have been forgiven, 
it is only your right and proper worship to in turn surrender your life for God to do with you whatever he chooses. In other words, if I'm a believer and have received Christ as my Savior, then it's only proper and normal that I live the rest of my life fulfilling God's will for me. Then he begins to talk about how to do that. He says, you can't do it if you conform to the pattern of this world. So you've got to be transformed in the way you think by the renewing of your mind. We'll talk more about that in a minute. And he says, if you do, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. So he's giving us here the impression that there's some work to be done in discerning, testing and approving what God's will is. We have to know what God's will is. Now, we're going to look at two things today, a definition of God's will, and then how do we determine God's will. First of all, quickly, let me show you something that will help us to understand the definition of God's will. When we talk about doing God's will, what are we talking about? Well, in verse number two of Romans 12, where he uses the word will, that we may be able to test and approve what God's will is. That word will in the Greek language is the word thelema. It means and gives the idea of a design, a desire, a purpose, or a choice. In other words, God's will is God's design, his desire, his purpose, and his choice for my life. So when I'm talking about Is it God's will for us to be married? Is that God's design? Is that his desire? Is that his purpose? Is that God's choice for our lives? So that's what we mean when we talk about God's will. It's what God wants for our life. And ultimately, as believers, that's what we all should want. We should want for our life what God wants for our life. Now, number two, we're going to look at, so if that's what God's will is, how do we determine it? How do we know what God's design, desire, purpose, or choice is for my life in these situations? Well, I'm going to give you three things that will help guide you into discerning, testing, and approving what God's will is. First of all, number one, if we're going to determine what God's will is, we begin with God's word. Psalm 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 133, the Bible says, Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. The first place we have to begin when we're trying to know what God's will is, is God's word. Because God's word is what he's given us to help reveal his will. So as we've gone through these 11 sessions and you're trying to figure out, is it God's will for us to be married? Then look at all the things that God has taught you from his word in these last 11 sessions. After seeing all these principles and learning all these things about what God says marriage is, is this the person that you believe God has put into your life to help make that, what marriage is, happen in your life? Is this the person you want to do that with? Does this person have the same philosophies and goals and desires that you do concerning marriage? 
if you're already married, the principles and things that you have learned from studying God's Word in these last 11 sessions, are you willing to do these things? Are you willing to change and adapt to do what God says from His Word? So, we begin knowing God's will by starting with God's Word. Number two, we know what God's will is by knowing God's ways or by knowing God's character. What is He like? What would Jesus do if He were in my situation? Now, the way to know that is through God's Word, but it's also from God's Word to renew our mind so that we learn to start thinking like God thinks, not like the world. That's why Romans 12, 2, Paul said, do not conform to the pattern of this world. You know, the world has its own philosophy about life. It's got its own philosophy about marriage. We've talked about that a lot throughout this series. Through television and media and music, the world will tell you what its philosophy is about marriage. And 99.9% of the time, it is exactly opposite of what God says. So that's why Paul says, you cannot think and then conform your decisions to the pattern or the philosophies of this world. So what do you have to do? You have to be transformed. You've got to change the way you think by the renewing of your mind. Well, the way you renew your mind is by using God's Word. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, the way that God changes the way we think is through His Word. So, the first thing we do is we learn God's Word. As we do, we begin to learn God's ways. We learn His character. We learn how He thinks and what He thinks about the topics of life in our situation, this topic of marriage. And then finally, in determining God's will, we do it through God's word, God's ways, but number three, through God's working in our life. You know, it would be great if God could just give us one verse and that would explain everything. But the reality is God leads us in our life because he wants to walk with us daily. He wants to have a relationship with us. He doesn't want to show up for five minutes, give us a couple of verses, and then disappear. He wants to hold our hand and walk with us through life. So it's God's working in your life that helps you to know what his choice is for your life. For example, two of you now are considering getting married. There are a lot of things that God has done in both of your lives up to this point that actually have brought you together and to this point. That is God working in your life. The question you've got to answer is, did God bring us to this point because he wants us to be married or because he is preparing us for marriage, but maybe this is not the one? That's the decision you have to make. Now, in order to understand how God works in our life, the first thing we want to do is we want to see that principle in the Scripture. Does God actually talk about the fact that He works in our life every day? Of course He does. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, listen to what Paul says. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you 
to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And that word purpose is that same word, will. God works in our life to fulfill his will in us. Now, how does he do this? Psalm 37 is a great chapter. Um, And if you read through that whole thing, and I'll give you some verses to reference, but he gives us seven steps that we need to take and pay attention to that show us how God works in our life. Let me give you these real quick. Number one, um, God says that you're to keep your eyes on the Lord, not the world. We've already talked about that. Psalm 37 and verse 1. Whenever you start looking at the world and what they think, nine out of ten times you're going to make the wrong decision. So first of all, keep your eyes on the Lord, on his word, on his principles, and on the the, the motivation that I want to do what God wants me to do, not what everybody else wants me to do. That's number one. Number two, keeping your eyes on the Lord, the second thing you got to do is trust him and do the right thing. In Psalm 37, verses 3 and verse 27, it tells us to trust in the Lord and do good. I've got to trust God. And, and by the way, this is not rocket science. But I've got to trust God, and then I've got to do the right thing. I can't expect to walk in the center of God's purpose for my life if I'm constantly disobeying God. I have to trust God and do right. Number three, be completely surrendered to anything God wants. That's Psalm 37 and verse 4. That, that verse says, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, it give us a desire of our heart. The word delight there means to be pliable. Basically, what God is saying there is if I'm willing for God to do whatever he wants, then he's going to put in my heart the desire to do what he wants me to do. Therefore, I'm going to desire what he wants for me because I'm willing for him to do anything. But it begins with complete surrender. So in this case, you've got to want what God wants. That may be postponing your wedding. That may be not getting married at all. That may be moving forward right away with your wedding plans because this is the person God has for you. But you've got to be willing to do whatever God wants you to do. And you've got to be honest. Then number four, trust God to take care of the details. Psalm 37 and verse 5. God will take care of all the details. You do what you can do. Let God do what we can't do. Then number five, be patient and wait on God's timing. Psalm 37 verse 7 and verse 34. Listen to Proverbs 16, verses 3, 4, and 9. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. Verse 9 says of Proverbs 16, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. We've got to learn to be patient and wait on God's timing. It may be that God wants you to be married. It may just be that he doesn't want you to be married right now. He wants you to wait. Maybe work through some of these other things so that when you do get married, you're prepared. It may be that God's ready for you to get married right now. It may be that there are some changes for those of you that are married that need to be made right now, and those changes may take time. You've got to be patient and wait on God's timing. Then number six, 
Do not get inflamed or fret. Psalm 37, verses 1 and 8. That word fret in the Hebrew gives the idea of an inflamed toenail. Don't get so um, upset and nervous about everything. Don't worry. Let God take care of it. And then finally, number seven, God will direct your steps. Psalm 37, verses 23, 24, and 31. God can't direct our steps if we don't take any. You can't sit around and wait for God to hit you in the head with a heavenly brick to show you what to do. Learn the principles of God's word. Make sure that what you're doing doesn't conflict with God's ways. Then keep your eyes on the Lord. Trust him. Do what's right. Be completely surrendered. Let God take care of the details. Be patient and wait for his timing. Don't get upset and worried. And as you take steps, God will direct them. He'll open doors, he'll close doors, and he'll lead you right where he wants you to be. So that's where we go from here. Those are some basics on how to know God's will for your life. Now it's decision time. Is it God's will for you to be married? Is it God's will for you to make some changes in the marriage you're already in? If so, then choose God's will and do what God wants you to do. Now that you've gone through the 12 sessions of the Let's Talk Marriage series, I would encourage you to keep the series booklet, to keep the notes, and as you get married and go through your marriage, go back and use these studies as a reference, a a maintenance tool, so that when you begin to have difficulty, go back over some of the things that you've learned so that God can continue to strengthen and help and bless your marriage together. Thank you so much for taking the time to go through the series. If you need help, please go to our website, fycp.org. We'll be glad to help in any way that we can. And if the study has been a blessing to you, send us an email, bill at billcrockett.com, or reply on our website and let us know that God has used this series to help your life. God bless you in your relationship, and may God be honored in all that you do. Thanks for listening to this session of Let's Talk Marriage. For a copy of our study booklet or more information on the entire series, visit our website at www.fycp.org. And may God continue to bless you and your relationship. Have a great week.